Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Rogue Ones. Love, lust, and life. All matter of all things relating to those three topics. Welcome back, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Beware, this is not for the faint-hearted. And if you're under 18, you better ask your parents first. Because, to tell you the truth, there's a lot of sex banter in this podcast. Let the good times roll. Yes, yes, yes. It's another episode of the Rogue Ones. And this time, there is more than one rogue. It's a plural this time, because last time it wasn't a plural. But the time before, it was a plural. But tell me, how did I end up here again? (laughs) Yes, yes, that's the voice of Tiger. She's back, better than ever. Back by popular demand. (laughs) <laughs> did I demand that you came back? Yes, you did. Yeah, popular demand. I'll popular take that. demand of one. Today's a good day. We're uh, currently sitting on the floor of Young Tiger's house. We've got tea. It's a uh, lovely Friday night. We've got green tea, is it? What? Oh, no, it's ginger, I think, isn't it? Ginger tea. We had mm-hmm. a bottle of wine, but no bottle wine. Bottle wine opener? No bottle opener, so, so ginger wine tea. Wine bottle instead. opener. Yes. Yes, corkscrew. Corkscrew. And it's Easter, and uh, I've got a good boss, and she buys me really good chocolate. So if you hear crunching sounds, it's because Tiger's stuffing her face. So, or rustling, because she's getting another egg out. She's opening the second half of the... There's a lot of chocolate. Yeah. It's a chocolate bonanza. We've decided that the chocolate's given, made us both short of breath. We've been doing a lot of coughing before we started this. But that's okay. We've got all the coughing out of the way. All the stress of the new episode. It's all out of the way now. So uh, what are we going to talk about again? Well, first things, we should probably give everybody an update on what we haven't been doing. Oh, yeah. So our last extravaganza together was about us. A sex party, if I remember rightly. Is that correct? Something like that, yeah. Mm. So I think we promised that we would go again. And we subsequently haven't. So, um, so we life's don't a have little bit any... boring. <laughs> <laughs> life's, life's never too boring. It's just uh, we don't have anything of high quality... We have Sex party banter. That... No wild and wonderful stories. Mm. Whatever will we do about this? We're going to have to go. We're going to have to get this. We're going to have to do it again. We've got a few months. We've got time. Yeah. I, I think we haven't talked about it lately. No, we haven't. But the... um. We've been busy. So I went to a massage class recently, a sensual oh, massage class. Oh, this is class. a great story. And that was, actually, that was actually with Killing Kittens. Who run a different type of sex party? Oh, that was the one that I yeah, mentioned in the it first was place. Curious kittens. That's what it's called. So this whole thing wasn't a fucking massage thing at all. It was actually no, it a semi sex party. No, it was a sensual massage class. Hence the curious kittens, not the killing kittens. It's just for people who are curious and want to learn. And what happens in the advance? Is that it was that I when you're killing kittens? Is I, it? I'm booked onto the advanced in I think two or three weeks' time, so I'll let you know how that Did goes. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's kind of funny. Yep, we'll see how it goes. 
I must admit, I've benefited from this. Yeah. Almost immediately. So I got to practice my newfound massage skills, put them into practice. I think it worked quite well. I think it worked quite well as well. Seemed to like it. It was all sorts of interesting, actually. Um, and funnily enough, the guy that you were practicing on, you managed to tee up a date with, which is basically the whole topic of this podcast. That's correct. Teeing up dates wherever we can find them. Yeah. Well, I think you're, I think you're better at that than me. I've been working on it. I think mm. so it's a bit of background for me in the past few years. I've been a prolific online data. And uh, this is where I meet all the men in my life. And then maybe like six, nine months ago, I decided enough was enough. And I deleted all of my online apps. And since then, I've been attempting to meet men in every possible location. And I think it's going quite well. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember we had a discussion about this at one point, And then you just started hitting on everyone on the tr public transport. Yep. Yeah, that happened. You went through that for a while, that stage. Yeah, I got about four guys on the tube. None of that actually turned into anything, but I was just proud of myself for uh, having <laughs> broken the mould. So in London, we do not talk to people on public transport. It is not the done thing. So mm. so actually talking to someone and chatting them up, I was quite impressed by myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think if I was doing it, it's, you're going to get all sorts of funny looks. If a woman's approaching a guy on public transport, I think seriously it makes a big difference as to like, this isn't weird. Whereas if I'm doing it, it's like, oh, this guy's weird. Like, why oh, is he talking time. to me on the train? Whereas you, the good looking woman that you asked, it's like, oh, sparks up a conversation with me. I'm like, well, this is, I'm never going to assume this is weird or. Yes, yeah, true. I completely agree with you. These, these terrible kind of like stereotypes around. A weird dude approaching a... I mean, I'm a bit of a weird dude, so if I approached a girl on a train and she thought I was a weird dude, it's probably fair enough. It's true. I think in general, though, guys approaching girls are more likely to be considered weird than girls approaching guys. It's just... Which is fucked, because it's a phenomenon when a girl approaches a guy. Yeah, it's <laughs> very true. So this is all very back to front. It's true, but a, a part of that's because of society, yeah. right? It's not, it's not normal for girls to approach guys, and actually, maybe not with all guys, but there's definitely a large number of guys out there who do not like to think that they were the one who was approached. They may like it in the really? moment, but after they want to think that they were the one that was doing the approaching. They want to feel like the alpha oh. male who went out and found his lady. Well, we all know you can be an alpha male outside of finding your lady. Oh, I know, but I'm not saying this is every guy, <laughs> but I'm just speaking from experience. I find it tends to work better if, so I'm approaching a guy, but I let them think that they're approaching me. Yeah, you've got this very good strategy, which you should explain. Yeah. With the whole like drink on the table thing and this thing about getting guys in bars and stuff. Yeah, okay. Good. So the background of this is that that when we met, you told me that I was like the most intimidating <laughs> and unapproachable person ever. And consequently, 100%. consequently, you messaged me on Facebook to ask me There was me the out. best <laughs> opening. I should dig that up and tell the listeners was, what that was. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. But so having got over his fear, he plucked at the courage to, to message me. And, and after talking for a while, he kindly told me how terrible a person I was. So since then, I've been working on, <laughs> hey, come on, on getting more approachable. So 
So my whole tactic is wherever I am, it could be a bar, it could be the tube, it could be the gym, it literally could be the street. If I see a guy who I like the look of and who seems to be paying some attention to me, first thing first, I make a load of eye contact. Now, not in a creepy way. Don't be creepy about it, but I make a lot of eye contact. You don't attract them to be creepy. <laughs> this is my point from earlier. <laughs> and then if the eye contact's going well, then I'll make myself or I'll get, I'll get closer to the guy. So it's easy for them to talk to you because if you're in a bar and there's like five meters between you and this guy, he's probably not going to cross the bar to attempt to chat you up in front of all of your friends and maybe in front of all of his friends and all of the strangers in the bar. So if you just go and stand like within a meter of this guy, it's making it way easier. And then if things are getting really serious, I might just casually put my drink down on his table or put my coat down on his table or do something to just get his attention in any possible way, shape or form. Therefore, allowing him the opportunity to say something to me. And if he doesn't yeah. immediately say something, but I'm still getting good vibes. So I need to be getting good vibes. If I'm not getting any vibes, then next. Get but if, out I'm, of there. if I'm getting good vibes, but he's still not said anything, then I'll do like a lap of the room to give him a chance to think of what he's <laughs> going to say to me. <laughs> Look at this and, then, and then when I come back, now it's his chance. Now, he, now he's thought about what he wants to say. Which is usually or, hello. <laughs> or he's gotten well and truly inside of his own head. Well, and he had yes. that three second window where it, before any before his brain could consider he got outside of that three three seconds and then he was screwed. Yep, that's I'm definitely a classic right. for that. I'm the worst, I'll just I'll just think of every single it's a common thing too, think of all the possible reasons not to talk to somebody. Yeah, I so this Common is. I think this is one of the big things when it comes to girls and guys, and why none of us are approaching anybody. As girls, we don't we don't want to be the one that's making the move. We like it when a guy makes a move, and I, as I said, I think guys like it when they think they're making the move too. And then as guys, you're under so much pressure to actually make this move that you're just getting way in your head about it, and you have no <laughs> idea what to say, and then you end up just not saying anything at all when all you really needed to say was hello. And we'd all yes. be in a much better place. <laughs> well, the hello is really great. Because, and I didn't realize how effective that was until I started working in markets, like farmer's markets, where everybody that you see, you just say, hey, everybody. And whether they're going to interact with you or not, it doesn't matter. You, you're you standing behind something and you you feel that confidence of being able to, you're essentially selling a product. whereas in this scenario, you're selling yourself. You can still just say "Hey," and still by, based it's still based on a reaction from that person, like how it goes. Absolutely. You, you're not selling a product, but you're still selling yourself, even if it's the exact same way. You're still engaging with somebody and seeing where it goes from there. If you don't engage, you don't. You'll never know. But I, my thing is, I'm just worried about getting beaten up by a girl. Oh well. Well, that would be interesting. Okay, explain. No, <laughs> well, not by a girl, by the boyfriend. Right, okay. Or, I don't want to get in on a girl's night out. I'm not good at that either. Yeah, so that's a difficult one. So I've, I've had guys say to me before, like, when we're discussing this, how can I possibly approach a girl when she's in a group of friends? Because one girl's scary enough. So a group yeah. of girls is just petrifying. But they're never on their own, right? It's Unless true. you're on public transport. Ding dong. But it's then true. I'm a creep. So it's a, t it's a tough one. So from my perspective, 
I've been trying to make it easier. So even when I'm out with the girls, even when I'm out with my friends, I try and keep the circle open. So instead of standing in a closed knit circle, try and just try and keep it open, keep your body language open. You're still looking around the room and, and it all comes down to the eye contact. I think if yes. a girl, or I'm, I'm assuming with a guy as well, if a girl wants to be approached, then she will make eye contact with you. And if you make eye contact with her and she doesn't immediately turn away and never look at you again, then you're, you're probably <laughs> okay to go and say hi or at least move closer. You can use my trick. You can yeah. go for the within a meter. Yeah, start break, start working with meters, two meters, exactly. three meters. And really Think calculate Within one meter is the golden, the golden distance. You don't want to be in their personal space for any more than a meter. You're, not, you're really not that close. <laughs> So I think we should give some, what I think we should do is we should talk about more about the fact that you just dropped me in and said that I thought you were a terrible person and were unapproachable, which was a little bit unfair. Okay. Leave me alone. Maybe they, well, they weren't and, quite the words you used. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the impact it had on me. <laughs> and give the lovely listeners some context on like where we're at in our lives, I guess. So we're both 28. Are you 28? We're 28. We're 28. We're 28 years old, which I we discussed this earlier and we think that it's important that people know how old we are because it's kind of significant, I think, when it comes to like dating and game and stuff. Definitely. I think it changes for different age brackets. Dating at 18 is a whole different game to dating at 28. Um, ask, <laughs> ask me again at 38 and we'll see how things are going. <laughs> no, you're going to be married with kids at 38. Well, be we'll fine. see. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? You have it all tied up. I, I believe in you. I've got faith. <laughs> You're too good looking. You'll be fine. Well, I might not be in 10 years' time. Well, I think you'll be all right. Everything will go down south. The amount of the amount of like lotion that you put on, you'll be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be good for it's 10, all, 15, 20 years. It's all in the lotion. Yeah. So we're both 28. When did we meet each other? A year ago? Yeah. Would be almost a year, ago. a year ago. So we know each other through music. And uh, mutual musician, I guess. Yeah. That's how it all began. Yeah, exactly. Mutual musician. We both play alongside the same guy. Um, and so I had been to a few of your gigs before. And I was thinking, I actually asked this this gentleman, I asked him the question many times like, hey, you got to team me up with this girl. To which he never told me. He never mentioned that this had happened. No, of course he didn't. He, of <laughs> course he did not. He said, I do not want to get anything to do with this. I want to have nothing. He's And he was basically like, do your own thing. Go hard. I'm not having nothing to do with it. In different words. In his way of saying it. But I think I asked him twice to kind of like get us interacting. And he refused politely and indirectly both times um and then i think i spoke to you at, i played this long game I, I swear i was only coming to the gigs just so i could just <laughs> say a word so, get, a, get a cheeky line and so the first time i remember us actually meeting i i, I thought for ages that that was the first time we'd met but actually kind of maybe like a month or two months after we started talking, I suddenly realized that I do think I'd met you before then. Unless there was another <laughs> Kiwi guy at one of the gigs. 
<laughs> no, you totally... I think... Where did we meet? In New Cross? Yeah, I think so. But in my no. mind, it wasn't New Cross. But actually, looking back, I think it was. <clears throat> no, because we also were at a place in um, Camberwell as well. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Sorry for no one who knows anything about London. <laughs> um, we met in London, by the way. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's the one I remember. And I remember just fucking it up. Like, I said something... Like, it was a bit hostile, which is going back on what you said before. Like, you'd never really meant to be like that, I don't think. No. It was just, you just seemed really unapproachable, and I was, like, really fucking intimidated <laughs> by this whole concept. And I'm usually, like, fine with this sort of thing. Like I was saying before, sometimes it's tricky, but usually I'm not, I'm not the best opener ever, but, like, for sure, it's probably my worst trait, but... In that circumstance, like, there's things to talk about, there's music, there's things in common, like, it's easy for me to start a conversation, but... But what you actually went with was that you don't like English girls? <laughs> well, which you took all fucking I wrong. did not. All wrong, and gave me this bad, bad vibes after that. What I said, I think I said I had, like, bad experience with English girls, so I'd given up, maybe. Maybe. Have I added to those bad experiences? Well, you're all right. You're not a bad egg. <laughs> I've redeemed you're, you're the English okay. girls. Yeah. No, you're good. You're all right. You, you're good for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I have my uses. <laughs> and I am good sex sometimes. Oh, once yeah. in a while. Yeah, every, every, every now and again. <laughs> I was going to say, we should have had, been having sex after this podcast, but... I know. We've got places to go. And I know. People to see. Should have done it before. Should always fuck first, and then you don't run out of time. Yeah, right. But what about? Well, you got to get your priorities right. Eating chocolate and doing podcasts. Chocolate, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Well, we we're very tight this weekend. We didn't have time to squeeze this in any other time, did we? I know. Too many fun things. Too going many on. other things. Anyway, so. Well, I don't. Where were we in that? I don't know. Elaborate, we were delicious story. Oh, so you're unapproachable. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and I said, I said English girls. Yeah, okay. So I shit, I shit on myself hard, and it went nowhere. I didn't get your number. No, didn't even didn't too ask. scared to ask. Way too scared to ask. And then didn't even flirt. I don't think you flirted. Oh, unless too I, scared. I, okay. Too scared. <laughs> Way too scared for that sort of carry on. Uh, I told you. I said. I think. Oh, I don't have my phone, otherwise I would look for that very first message, but it was something like, I said, I mentioned that I was scared shitless, and I basically Facebook stalked you somehow. Yeah, yeah, you found me. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I'm just going to go out on a whim here, and said some really fucking, I thought I put together a pretty good piece, like first text, I was like, if this doesn't work, that's cool. I did my absolute best work here. I think you did all right. Yeah. One year later, here we well, are. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think your response was like equally good, actually. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, no, it was pretty sharp. And then uh, we just went from there. The first, what did we do on the first date? We went. Oh, to... yes. I remember we went to this uh, car park. Yeah. Car park garage. Which was uh, a good time, but. That was that was funny, wasn't it? We we talked about all kinds of like normal first date shit. We did. So we have a good first date. I so right in my memory. Seems we're talking about dating, 
Did so we... in my memory, we had a great first date, and it, it did not end with a kiss because George, you were messing around at the tube station, so I just left. <laughs> um, you did. But... <laughs> I was just trying to find out where to go. I was just trying to find out, and she just peaced out. She uh, just like saluted me and was like, "Bye bye." But in my mind, we actually pump, had. In like my a mind, high five. In my mind, we'd had a great first date. Um, but in your mind, it was terrible because I just ran away at the end. Yeah. Well, the reason you ran away is because I said, "Oh yeah." On the walk to the train station, I was like, "How adventurous are you?" And you said, "Pretty adventurous." And I was like, something like, "Well, your house or mine or something." <laughs> Bearing in mind, I didn't have a house. I live in hostels, so it was always going to be yours. And you're like, "Shut the fuck up! That's not happening." <laughs> Or something similar to that. That's probably how You it shut happens. me down hard. That's it was probably good. happened. My idea of a good first date. <laughs> yeah. Put me in my place. Yeah. And so I walked away from that having no idea if it had gone well. We talked. I thought the date was good. We went to a good spot. I think that's important. If you go to a good place. Yeah. Somewhere like a bit outside the box. Like pubs a bit boring. If you just went to a regular pub. So what, I think what, location's important with dates. So what do you typically do on a first date? What's like your what's your best move for a first date? Um, I try and avoid silence. Okay, that's my go-to. <laughs> that's a good one. Which isn't, and I mean I do a podcast, so I'm okay. Like I can talk. Um, but I guess I get a good grip on it if I'm carrying the conversation. If I'm not, then that's good. That's when I know it's going yeah. well. If it's like, if I don't feel like I'm filling silences, um, then I'm doing all right from there. But I, I just try and go. So my thing is not just go for a drink. I try not to. I try and avoid that. I try and do something different, like go to the park or just go hang out. So we go music, something like that. Um, but. It's always, since I've been here, every time it's like, it's not like, do you want to do something? It's like, hey, you want to go for a drink? It's just, yeah. I think in New Zealand, it's the same. It's There's just this assumption that the only way to spend time with someone is based, is like revolving around a cozy spot and alcohol. It's 100% true. So I go on a lot of dates. And um, I actually had to stop drinking so. Whore. I had to stop drinking <laughs> so much last yeah. year. I made an effort to not drink so much because every time I was going out, I was having a glass of wine, and but I was going out multiple times a week, so I actually had to stop it because you're totally <laughs> right. The the go to date is just go out for a drink, yeah. and it's so much more interesting. I think if you actually go and do something, like you do an activity, and even better. What I've decided is the best bit about doing an activity is if I can go on a date that I would enjoy, even if it was on my own, then it doesn't matter if it's a bad date or if the company's bad because you can still have a good time because you're doing something fun. Yes. Especially if you have common interests. Yeah. For example, dance or music. You can, like we relate on both of those, even though they're different, like totally different areas of each. We still like understand. We still um, are fulfilled by like we balance our lives with things that are similar, just yeah. in a different avenue. Um, like our outlets, the same hot, same hobbies, based like similar hobbies, just different avenues of those. But 
like that's when you can if you're going and doing things that like right from the beginning if you especially if you meet someone through a hobby then you can do you already know that you can go you don't have to go to a drink you can just go for a dance or whatever definitely and this is the biggest change I've noticed since um, moving from online to what I call real life dating. <laughs> uh, so obviously online, you can you can read someone's profile, but actually when you meet them, you realize that's just a complete lie. And they're nothing yeah. like what their profile said. Whereas if you meet someone out dancing or you meet someone at an open mic, you already know a little bit about them. You already have some common ground. So at the very least, you already have a starting point for your conversation. And yeah. it just works so much better. And any kind of hobby, even if it's art or like, you know, painting or anything, at least you're like, hey, should we just like do some painting together? You know, like should we just hang out in the park and so you can draw the best tree? Like <laughs> seriously, it sounds so fun. Like it's cool. There's a, I had another idea for a good date and it was like you go to like a vintage clothes shop and you buy something for each other. Oh, and I you have like a budget. That. You have a budget like five pounds. For example, ten pound, whatever. But it's it's such a cool like concept, and you maybe not the first time, but if you're like third, fourth day, when you knew someone a bit better and you knew their style a bit better, and you could see, you could actually pick them something that they would wear, you know, or something they hate. Um, but that's kind of fun. I Just like different. That. That's Just a different good idea. Shit. Anything that's different, especially yeah. if you and if you go on a lot of dates, the the guy that can take you somewhere different. That's the Stands guy that out. gets noticed. <laughs> Pretty sure I didn't. Uh, we went. To, we did go to a cool bar. We did. I actually really it was enjoyed a sweet that day. Spot. I, yeah. I thought it was really good fun. We had some vegan food. I think. That, that sounds like something we'd do. Yeah. So yeah. even though I'm not vegan, I was quite Likewise. delighted. I was quite delighted by the fact that we ate vegan food. I think yeah. this gave you a, a big tick. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 People. Yeah. No, it's good when you can be open to. Well, maybe that's maybe that's a thing for like dating English guys, is they eat a lot of meat. They do. Is it is it like a wrong stereotype? No, I think about that's English fair. Men? Because so I recently went vegetarian, and I've I found myself when I go on these dates, having to explain myself. I have to explain why I'm vegetarian and explain that that doesn't make me a complete weirdo and that uh, you know I am okay with people who do eat meat. Um, but it's just. It's not the done thing. It's like going on a date and saying that you don't drink alcohol. You immediately have to defend that choice. I know. Is it? Like, especially here. Like, I've been on some recently. We're like, oh, let's go for a drink. I'm like, yeah, cool. You get a drink and I'll just drink water. Like, I'm sweet with that. People but don't it's like, like it. Yeah, people are uncomfortable about that. It makes They're people like, very, very uncomfortable when the other person's not drinking. Yeah. But then they can make the conscious decision to do the same. Yeah, although it's I, the spending time that's so I did once. More I important. once went on a date with a guy, and he made the choice of where to go. Just once. Well, yeah, well, yeah just once. <laughs> um, you, only one time so I went he, on a date with a guy. He said, "Oh, I really want to take you to this cocktail bar. It's really nice." I was like, "Okay." Cool. Yeah. So he asked me what my favorite cocktail was, and I said, oh, "It's a margarita." So we got to the cocktail bar. Uh, the waitress comes over. I ordered my margarita. And then he was like, oh, you're drinking alcohol. I don't drink. Huh. I was like, I feel like you've led me into a trap. <laughs> it, wow. was, it was really strange. Did he get like a cocktail that wasn't I don't alcoholic? remember. He must have done. He must have got an unalcoholic cocktail. But 
That's still all right. That's my lasting memory. I just felt like, why have you lured me to the cocktail bar to look at me in horror when I order a cocktail? It was weird. Yeah, if he, I think if he hadn't made a point of it and he had ordered one that wasn't alcoholic... Yeah, that would have been fine. It was that he weird. made a point out of it. That's weird. We're going to talk about do's and don'ts later, and I just thought of one oh. that I want to mention before we get there, because it might be my only one. Okay. Do not, especially early on, and I know you, this has happened to you recently, do not go on a date to the cinema. Oh, no, don't go on a date to the cinema. Ladies and gents out there, do not go on first, second, third, probably even fourth date. Don't go to the cinema. Absolutely not. Unless you've got plans to do something before or after, then it's a bit better. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it it's, a, it's a get out of jail date. It's a let's go and hang out, but not talk to each yes. other at all. Um, it's embrace silence. This theory that you hours. can sit on the back row and canoodle, I, I don't think that ever actually happens. Not in London. It's oh, too do, busy here. Yeah. In New Zealand, you can, yes. Oh, no, it's... 100%. The, the most I've ever got is, like, a slight... Maybe a slight handhold. I think that's... that's oh, as yeah? As gone. <laughs> I've never had sex in a cinema. Okay, what have you done in a cinema? Well, I feel like this is from... Speaking about being 28 and 18, this is okay. one of those scenarios <laughs> where, like... But probably more like 15, where you're not allowed in the house to, with the girl when no one's at home or whatever... So you go to the cinema or you go to the swimming pool. That was my go-to. Swimming pool, family changing rooms. Car park around the corner from the nightclub that let all the underage kids in. Oh, right. Keeping it classy. I didn't didn't go to any underage clubs. I wasn't. I was too much of a good boy. (laughs) You know what? In New Zealand, you just can't. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Nothing like it does here. That... There's so much more strict. I think with girls, they're a little bit more lenient in some spots, but you have to really know where to go. Oh, they were very, very strict where we were, except for the fact that there were just loads of work around. So you needed a wristband, you needed ID, you needed a wristband, and you needed a stamp. But as long as somebody had ID, then you could go in with your ID, get your wristband, cut your wristband off, take your wristband onto the next person, and someone who's artistic could then draw the stamp. And then you go back to the smoker's exit, and the person with the ID goes in a second time. And you have to do this multiple times. Oh, yeah, for like every person who didn't have an ID. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an elaborate scheme. I know. So before before my dating life, I was just sneaking into clubs underage. <laughs> but seriously, family changing room was the fucking spot. Okay. In the swimming You go for a wee swim, get a bit touchy in the pool, and then... Off to the family changing room. Never mind the <clears throat> multiple families waiting for that family changing room. And you come out and there's just two of you. So this is how dating has changed for you in the past 10 years? Yeah. <laughs> well, probably more than, probably 15. When I was 15, 16, I was probably doing that. 16, same time as I was touching up people in the um, cinemas. When I was 15, 16, I wasn't dating at all. No touching, no kissing. I think maybe I kissed a guy at like 15. That's probably about it. When did you lose your virginity? 18. 18. Oh, yeah. I think I was 16. And now I'm making up for lost time by dating every man I can find. He's <laughs> <laughs> not even young. No, I know. <laughs> at least you're not the 40-year-old 40, 40 virgin. It's true. Fucking hell. 
Okay, so cinema we've established is a bad date. Yeah, don't what, go. Don't go to the cinema. What, what What do you think, from your perspective, from a guy's perspective, is the the worst date? Like, what would be? Uh, or like is it the cinema? <laughs> scenarios going wrong. Yeah. Or what's What's your worst example <clears throat> of a date that you've been on? Uh, I think there's nothing worse than someone who's, because I'm not a very superficial person, so. If, if the scene's not good, like for example, the cinema's not going to work because this one kind of revolves around conversation. But I remember going on a date with a New Zealand girl in London. We went to a cafe. I was like, "That's fine, cool." But we were so different, and I just tried to like basically push through. Yeah, and that was it. Me sustaining the conversation to avoid silence. Yeah, I've I've been there. And all of the conversation back was just like, we have nothing in common. You know, so like you just, you basically spend two hours or so on. And in the first two minutes, you know that it's like, you're going to be wasting your time. But you kind of just go through the motions of it. And what's your view on going through the motions? Do you you always go through the motions or are are you happy to cut a date short? Nah, I'd never do that. No. No? I'd just never see them again. Fair enough. So I, I would <clears throat> I would go through with it until the end so that it wasn't like, like kind of, res- it's almost respectful to be like, oh, this isn't working. Let's start wasting each other's time. But it's it probably equally respectful to just be like, well, we came all this way. Like, yeah. Give it a crack. And, and then that goes back later. to what I was saying. If the date activity is at least fun or you're doing well, something you enjoy it. anyway, then you can hold out. I must say, one one occasion, I I did go on a date with a guy and kiss of death, we'd just gone to a bar. So immediately upon getting to this date, it was evident that I didn't want to be there and he didn't want to be there. I think he wanted to be there even less than I wanted to be there. Why why, why was this? I don't know. So I... Did you meet him before? No, this was back in the online days. Oh. Um, But he was clearly like really bored. I think at one point he yawned. Um, So about... 15, 20 minutes in, the waitress comes over and informs us that we probably need to buy a drink if we're going to stay at the table. So we both just looked at each other and decided to leave. <laughs> yes, I remember. You told me that story. And that makes sense. Like, that's, it's like, okay, now we're going to invest money in staying here? Yep. No, no is the answer to that question. But I think that's the only time I've cut a date short like that. And it was a mutual decision. We were yeah. definitely both on the same page. I've never pulled out. I'm too... I think I could never honest... Like, I could never say to someone, oh, I actually have something on at five or something if I didn't. Yeah. I can't do that. So I just wait it out until it's... What's the worst that's going to happen, really? I mean, they I, might say something that adds to your life. So I actually do do that, but I'll say it in advance. So if I'm going on a date with someone... I don't, <laughs> this I don't, fucking this I don't, fucks you up from the beginning because so, you can't get out of it. No, in general, I don't. Even if the date's really good, I try not to have like really, really long first dates. Um, yeah. So usually, even if we're going, if we're going out on say a Saturday night, I'll have a reason in advance why I've got to leave at let's say ten o'clock, and I'll stick to that reason. And if it's a great date, brilliant, we'll meet good, up you again. Still go at ten, yeah. Um, but I try and stick by that rule if I can. It doesn't always work out. Sometimes, if I have a glass of wine, I might lose my mind. Yeah. Stay out till eleven. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I actually try and 
line up my excuses in advance, however the day turns out. Yeah, I like that. That's good. The uh, yeah, I don't think I've I've never really had a terrible one. I've had a lot of ones where I'm just like, oh, uh, I think what would result in a terrible one for me is if I wasn't a chatty person and yeah, but I was also wasn't comfortable with silence. Then I would be like, I'd have a meltdown because. I'm not chatty and I'm like, and there's yeah. the other person's not either and I don't like silence. So. Do you feel under pressure as a guy to be entertaining on a date? <clears throat> because I feel like often the expectation is that the guy should come up with where you're going to go, when you're going to go there and he should pay for all the drinks and he should entertain the girl. Do you feel that pressure or not? Um, no, nah, I feel like it's... Um... It's a mutual thing. You both, you want to see me, I want to see you. Um, yeah, I don't really look at look at it like that. I'm not the kind of guy who goes to, who uses, can I buy you a drink as an opener at a bar? You know, I'm not really that. So I would never, <clears throat> if, it, if I didn't feel like it was a two-sided mm-hmm. agreement to actually meet up and have a date in that, like, it was basically just two people getting together because they wanted to see each other. Then I, I no, I don't. I wouldn't have a one-sided version. Of I'd probably come up with the idea of where to go. Happily, um, but I yeah, I don't feel pressured to carry a date. I don't think. And then on the same topic, we've talked about it a bit before. Where do you fall on the argument of should the guy pay for the date? I'm glad you brought this up. This is like one of the, probably the most controversial topics when it comes to dating. Yeah. Like seriously, so many people have different hot takes on all this stuff, but um, I, it, it, I, it probably is what I just said now is that essentially it's like an equal arrangement. It's not, you just want to see somebody. It's not about who pays for what or any of that sort of stuff. I will, my, generally, before I'll go, before I go, if I can't afford to pay for both, I'll tell them. So I'm like, all right, just so you know, like, I'm fucking broke. So I can pay for my shit, but I can't get you on this. Otherwise, I probably would, which is true. So normally I'd say, hey, I'll get it. And if you said no, I'd be like, I only asked one time. You had your one chance for me to pay? I asked you once, you said no. I said, you sure? You said, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay, I'm not asking any more times. Let's split it. I think that's fair enough. So So my opinion is, I would never expect a guy to pay. But if a guy offers to pay, then I'll gladly say thank you. I think if a guy wants to pay for a drink or buy dinner, that's completely fine to accept that. As long as you're thankful and grateful for it. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I've definitely been in situations where I've offered to pay. So in the past, I would always offer to pay. And guys get... For the whole lot? No, no. Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) For half. half. And the guy actually gets quite defensive about it, as if I've said something really bizarre, like how could they ever ever even consider that? Um, So I think some guys do get weird about it. And actually, I'll add, on Tuesday this week... (laughs) 
I went on a date and I paid the whole bill. I was just going to say, have you ever done that? I'm not going to lie, it was an accident. Oh. What I actually said was, shall we split? And what he heard was, are you going to pay for me? And I was like, oh, okay, then sure. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I think that was the first time I've ever paid the whole bill. Okay. I just remembered that I've used this a few times and not in the past, and I'm bringing it back. I'll pay for the first one because it, and usually be like, all right, well, then now that means that you'll pay for the next one. Yeah, I remember you and saying then, that. That's a good and, move. And it gets you, yeah, it gets you that, like, it leaves the door open for a second date. It's or cheeky. Third date. I like it. That I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I told you about you it. You did, and I was impressed. And I can't believe <laughs> I've only just remembered it now. That's good. Yeah, sure, I'll pay because you're paying next time. <laughs> you, uh, you're paying next time you take me somewhere more expensive yeah. than where we've just been. Okay, good. And Sweet. that <laughs> is, like, such a a golden tip for dating. I think if you want a second date, then get the idea in their head on the first date and just a little something like that is such a good way of doing it. Like just make a suggestion that at some point you're going to see each other again and then you've planted the seed. So tell me what on earth went wrong with us then? Well, we're still here. So I know, but, but there were definitely no seeds planted. You piece me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was too forward. I was a bit too forward. I admit that. Yeah, you were very so. forward. You were forward. In and a funny kind of like, don't give a fuck sort of a way. Yeah, it w yeah, that made it sound like it was worse. Actually, you you were quite just cute about it. I don't know why I reacted so badly. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did, uh, clearly I just uh, I panicked and I and I left. So these days I try and be a little more flirty. If someone is too <clears throat> forward. Then I, I stay my boundary and I'll say no, but I'll try and keep it flirty and light. Whereas yeah. I don't think I quite nailed that on our Fuck. first date. <laughs> you left me standing. I might as well have been a set out of a film where it's raining and there's fucking thunder and I'm standing in it. Came back from all though. Yeah, which was, <laughs> that took a while though. There was some like back and forth about what, like what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just straight because I'm a pretty direct person. I just asked you like, would you? Didn't I just ask you like what how you thought it went? And you, I was like, wow, I'm surprised that you enjoyed yourself. You did. After a while, I think you said something like, so the guys at the hostel are asking me how the date went, and I haven't got a clue. So how did it go? <laughs> <laughs> I remember straight up. Asked. It was brilliant. Yeah, I got yeah. And you said something like, I thought it went well. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So the way I acted back then versus the way I try and act now is, is a bit different. And the reason is because my, my dating mindset is a little bit different. And I think this is probably a big thing for a lot of girls in the dating game. So I, I think I got quite wrapped up in the idea of I want to find a nice guy who I can settle down with. Like that is what I was looking for. I was looking for a relationship. So I met you and you were a great guy and I fancied you, but it seemed pretty clear from your life that that's not where you were and that's not what you were looking for. So yeah. although I was like, I like this guy and I'd like to see him again, I was kind of like, well, what's the point? It's not going to yeah. go anywhere. Whereas actually now I've tried to change that mindset and just enjoy dating and meeting people for the joy of dating and meeting people. And if something comes from it, then fantastic. And if something doesn't, then who cares as long as you're having fun whilst you're doing it. Mm. Um, so it's a very different mindset, but I definitely think, I don't, maybe it's a problem for guys as well, but I definitely think it's a, it's a thing for a lot of 
girls you can't you feel pressure everybody puts you under pressure to like settle down and find someone and then if you're dating someone but it's not going anywhere then you're wasting your time and you get in this mm. ridiculous mindset where if the guy you meet on date one doesn't tick your 50 check boxes then what's <laughs> the point in going on a second date which is yeah. a ridiculous mind frame yeah you are all about the online you are the online dating queen that was the other thing I got from our first date, the impression of like, wow, you date a lot of dudes. Which is true. <laughs> but you you with, you were like, oh no, it's just like, you got all my stories in one date. Yeah. And I was sort of like, it took me quite a long time to get my head around the fact that that was true. Like, it was just a lot of, because we did talk about other dates and like how they'd gone and stuff on that first date um yeah it was just yeah <laughs> so this is a problem of mine so if i if i'm with someone and i get on well and i like you so i got on well with you i thought we had great chemistry and i liked you and i can be too honest i'm like i don't hold anything back so That's i told you thing. i told you all of my dating stories which probably isn't what you want to do on date number one i think i asked you Excuse me, I'm just eating some chocolate. Um, I think I asked you about it, though. I just maybe didn't expect to get so much information. <laughs> Try and keep some mystery. <laughs> I failed on the mystery. Well, I don't know if that, that's a good thing either. It was just... I, th I think it was good. You just answered my question. Um, but I just came away with the idea that you saw probably a lot more dudes than you actually were. Like, did. Yeah. I date. I think I date a lot more now than I did back then. Yeah, you're a machine now. You're yeah. a machine, whereas I've died right off. Yeah. I've nipped it in the bud. I'm not here for much longer, so I decided that to save myself all the misery, I'd just lay low for a while and keep you hanging around. Oh, right how nice back, of you to say. Right on the back of the tiger three months so pull on the orange here could be worse yeah no i agree could be much worse right so what are we going to talk about now so i think we've covered like perspectives which is good i yeah. mean in terms of um how it's viewed for from men and women in terms of yeah. like but well, one final thing i actually think is interesting about men and women's mindsets in dating is i think just the different expectations that we have of ourselves so for women i think we're almost raised to believe that when mr right appears he will find us and all we need to do is wait for him to come along and sweep us off our feet. That, yeah. is, that is what we are raised to expect. And you get it in like Disney films and you get it in TV shows where the charming guy swoops in and sweeps you off your feet. And when he's the one, you'll know. And all of this stuff. And actually, it completely takes the responsibility off you. You don't have to try. You don't have to worry about it. Because Mr. Wright is going to swoop in and find you. And I don't think that's a very good mindset. I think, sure, you can get lucky. Plenty of people get lucky and they meet 
Mr. Right when they're really young. But actually, if you don't, I think girls can take some initiative and yeah. go out looking. Go find your own yeah. Mr. Right. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. <clears throat> I don't know if it's... So you think it's true amongst, like, most women? I don't know if people find Mr. Right early. I don't think... And really, it wasn't Mr. Right. They live 10 years and go in that same relationship and they're like, Mr. okay, Convenient. we have kids now. Yeah, let's just stick it out. Yeah. So, but yeah, I see what you mean. I think that's a society thing as well. It's definitely. So, is. the man is, yeah, the generally is does all the work. I think it's changing. It's definitely um, changing. Especially like here and then maybe like Western world. I guess. Yeah, especially in big cities, I'd say. I think in London, it's definitely changing. I'd say London is very different from where I grew up. Right. You know, a lot of my friends where I grew up, they've all tied up. Now. They've met a guy, and you know, maybe they are, maybe he's Mister Right. Who knows? But they met a guy early on, and they're all tied up and living happily ever after. Mm. Whereas it just doesn't seem to happen that way in London, and maybe that's just because the lifestyle's different, or maybe it's because our attitude is different. I don't know. Yeah. And that's such an interesting thing in terms of the culture side so diverse here. So my biggest thing is like almost every second person that I meet is second language English. Yeah. So coming from, I guess I'll give my kind of two separate outlooks on dating from New Zealand and being living in New Zealand and living in England. In all fairness, when I lived in New Zealand, I was with one person for like, the majority of my like proper dating life I guess and then I had six months or a year where I was kind of just figuring it out and then I came here um but the diversity here is so much more than what it is in New Zealand in terms of like women from all parts of Europe almost all over the world live yeah. come to London to, for chasing their dream whatever and every second one of them, because I live in hostels, this second language is English, so it's a total change for me. Like, Because really, my thing is talking. If I can, like, I'll be weird and I'd put a ton of different situations. I'll be like uncomfortable. I won't be very good. If you start a conversation with me, I'll fucking finish it. I'll take it all the way to the, you know, I'll take it to, for a touchdown after that. But like, I believe in my ability to, just make people laugh and like talk and have a good conversations about like balanced conversations and things and that that's when I feel confident but when someone's English isn't good it takes that away it's difficult um so like it it just takes away the edge on the humor or it does it takes away that little little it's such it's really subtle it's not like you're telling yeah. a joke it's just Subtle exactly. things in the way that you speak that you completely lose if you're not completely fluent in a language. I know, yeah. And I've, I've had that to the extreme in that I speak French and I'm, I'm relatively fluent, but I'm not perfect. And I've gone on dates with French guys who've realized that I speak French and then actually we've done the whole date in French. It's very and it's difficult. Well, whilst I can speak French, it did lose a little bit of the, of the spark, I guess. 
Mm. And actually with one of them where halfway through the date, I thought I'm having a really good time. I actually jumped back into English because I thought this isn't going to go as well if I continue in French because we're just losing, we're losing a little bit. Even though we can both speak the language, you need to be really fluent to really have proper chemistry, I think. Yeah, with, yeah, dating chemistry, it's like a whole different thing flirting and yeah all that sort of stuff in a different way yeah um just how you say things and it just gets lost in translation basically yeah. so that's been like a really interesting thing that yeah, like i said like half the time i have to deal with is just and people's levels of english are all different and that's totally cool it's just um sometimes it has gone in between like me and somebody you do have a just... crazy accent as well you might throw them off a little bit sometimes yeah sometimes it does that's fair new zealand accent it's fucking isolated country and it's got its own isolated accent that's for sure but the and the flip side of that in new zealand everyone's kind of it's the opposite so probably like 80 percent of people who live in new zealand first language is english there is no accent issue. No. <laughs> um, or, you know, 20% of the time maybe, but you're conversing with people who are New Zealanders generally because it's so far away. You get French and German tourists who come, but they're much younger. They're in that 10-year bracket earlier than we are now. And you're not really, that's not really like what we're looking for. So the circles don't really cross unless you live in hostels or whatever. Um, other than that, you get some migrants and things coming over. Um, but it just seems easy. Like, you're already off to a good start if the first language is... If you're, your language... There's no language barrier. I did have one amazing connection with someone who had the worst English I've ever been with. Like, it was Google. Was that just it, physical chemistry or...? Crazy. Like, I think if we'd both spoken the same language... It would have been amazing. Yeah. Like, we would have gone along perfectly, but everything was like, the conversation was Google Translate. Amazing. Like, we go on a date and just Google Translate everything. But we had, like, just, like, good energy, like, amazing energy and, you know, that body language, language of the world sort of thing, you know, where sometimes it can overpower things like actual language, but her English was... She was French, and it was just absolute bare minimum. Like, nice. Robotic. Kind of, yeah. It, it was quite surprising. She was young. It's like, oh, generally French, young French people have, like, some level of English. They do. They do. It's, it's quite unusual not to. That. Yeah, I was quite surprised. But, uh, it, obviously, it becomes an issue eventually. And... I don't know, like, because of me, that foundation is talking, I just, I, I'm getting better, but I still haven't really figured out how to connect strong with somebody with a language barrier. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty difficult. You need, or for me anyway, for there to be chemistry, I need physical chemistry, yeah. but I also need good conversation. I need, right. I need both. Mm. You can have, I mean, I could have, like, a fling, just off physical chemistry, sure. Yeah. But anything more than a few dates, yeah, yeah. I'm going to want a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, I guess that's like the main thing that I noticed coming from New Zealand over to here. Um, the other thing, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's all. Really, that's the most significant difference. From, but like I said, my dating game was pretty, like slim to none. Yeah. Before I came over, when I go home, it'd be really interesting to see how I like integrate back into a totally essentially it's like a totally different society really i mean yeah. the way i wonder i wonder if it will be so my my opinion is very much that dating in london is people date and people go out with multiple people and they date and they see how it goes and outside of london boy meets a girl you go on a date you have a good time great you're a couple and you settle down oh, and i kind of wonder if you you'll go back to New Zealand and that's what it will be like. Yeah. Although I, I am moving back to the biggest city in New Zealand. That's so true. I think there's more diversity in that sense. But Germans like generally are quite similar to that in, in the sense of it's just assumed that you're together after two or three dates. It's like that's just the whole way it works over there and just you hang out two, three times, it's like, okay, it's assumed that you're a couple from that point moving forward. I'm like, wow, it's so sort of, like, whether there's a discussion or not, it's kind of just the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's generalization, but it's just on, on the few German people that I know, that seems like quite a common trend. Yeah, and I think um, that seems to be the trend outside of London. Yeah, it's, right. like it's not just Germany. <laughs> can't be healthy, eh? Yeah, you don't really know someone for quite a long no, time. No, it's true. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like it would lead anywhere healthy. Yeah, either. unless you get lucky. Like, you might get That's lucky right. and it the could lead somewhere, right, but maybe it about. won't. Mm. So just going back to one thing you mentioned, you said this, going with the French girl, you said she was quite young. So that there's a good question. How young? Like, so we're 28 for you. How uh, young is too young and how old is too old? Like, not just for a one-night stand, but for someone you're actually going to date for a, a period of time. Um, uh, 20s, like, consistently an issue. Yeah. Now. Just different phases of your life. Yeah. I, just can't, I find it so hard to relate. Like, oh, I'm in uni. I'm like, oh, I've lived half my life. There's you a know? big jump from... Yeah. 20 to 28 so i guess i felt like i did the majority of my growth and from like 23 to 26 so and personally i didn't change too much in terms of morals and what was important to me and things but i like changed outside of that i changed a lot you know um but i think people do go, change into completely different people over that in those few years and for me, if you're looking at, it's weird, I, I'm not, I don't want relationships now, but every person I meet, I look at it as a, in a relationship scenario, like, would this work? Yeah. Which is weird, because I'm not wired like that at the moment, but I'm wired like that from the previous part of my life, So, and that's what I want moving forward. Yeah, so in that sense, with the growth, do I want to stick, do I want to be the 22, 23-year-old and wait for, to find out who they are three years later? Yeah. The answer is for me, actually, no, I don't. And that's so that's not very good because that kind of narrows my window. But so 
I don't know. I guess I'd say 25 on. 20, probably 24. Some people have got it locked down at 24. Yeah. Um, But I feel like I kind of have it a bit more locked down now at 28, you know. Um, But I traveled later in my life, so I think that makes a big difference. So lots of people travel earlier and figure themselves out before. But So probably like 24... What do you mean, like dating like, properly? Yeah, not like You want to see someone 10 times, yeah. for example? Okay, yeah. 24 probably. And the oldest is like, I'm going to be honest, I'm a shallow fucking piece of shit. So the reality is, in my experience, if a, like, we're not even talking that old, like 40, 40 onwards, they look good with clothes, older without clothes. And the problem for me is, I I'm see women like you, and you're sexy as fuck. So then I, and then you, and then you like it's terribly shallow. And I, I'll be the first to admit it, but it's the truth, you know. Yeah. And you see, and it's like, how long can I sustain this? Because I know what else, I'm I'm sort of like on a level, on yeah. a different level to this. And they don't look bad by any means at all. I'm just in a different age bracket and like yeah. used to different things, you know? So it's just shit, but it's just really hard for me to get my head around. So I don't have a limit with age, but it, I guess it just, my shallow mind is how physically attracted to them am I for how long? But I think that's okay. I don't think that makes you a shitty person. I think sometimes it's not all about looks it's definitely not all about looks like there's so much more to it than that but deep down we've all got our animal instincts and a bit of physical attraction goes a long way and i don't think there's anything wrong with saying as a 28 year old guy you are more attracted to younger women than 45 year old women i don't think that's a problem as long as when you're a 45 year old guy you don't say i only date 25 year olds that's right it's fine (laughs) Yeah, it it still, it still um, pushes and pulls me um, a bit though within myself about because really you want to value someone for everything other than their looks, but I'm a classic example of I'll talk to like my initial like with you. It's like I want to talk to that girl because she's attractive. But my thing is like you have nothing else to go on. You're fit, you don't know each other at yeah. all. So, and people talk about energy. Like spiritual people talk about you get energy from people and stuff. But I'm just not on that level. I'm like, okay, this person's super attractive, and and like, yeah, I'm a shocker. Like I don't just go and make friends with girls. I don't do that. Oh, you one of these guys yeah. that does? Okay, so you don't do girls as friends. Oh, like I, I happily would, but the only reason I would initiate a conversation with one, someone, if I didn't know them, if someone wasn't like, oh, you know, this is my friend Tiger, then I just wouldn't uh, uh, like initiate a conversation with somebody Yeah. for any other reason, which is shit. And with guys, I'll do it because I'm not sexually attracted to men. So yeah. I'm happy to talk to fucking any guy because it's, it's a different... It's a different mindset, but... And do you think that girls and guys can have platonic friendships? 
because there's a bit of there's differing differing opinions out there. So plenty of people say no because one of them's always interested in more. Well, that's it, isn't it? And sometimes things grow. So the initial, so let's say six months, platonic friendship, yes, the guy develops feelings for the woman. Now the friendship becomes complicated. Then what happens, you know? So whether they're sustainable long-term, I think it all stems from the origin of the friendship. Yeah. So why are you friends in the first place? And if it was because someone did something amazing for someone else or uh, for them or, you know, like just offered something so much more than anything relevant to being, to ever being a physical thing or a relationship thing. I think everyone's wired differently and it can work, but for me, my girlfriends are friends I was originally attracted to. People yeah. I was attracted to in the first place, and it didn't work out, but they're still awesome people, so we maintain friendship. Yeah. Um, so which I, is shit. It's fucked. It's like... I have a couple of guys who are friends who, for me, there was never anything there, and I assume there was never anything there for them either, but who knows? Right. And I, mean, I guess you just address the issue and it arises if it ever does. Yeah. In that sense. But. Hopefully it will never arise. Yeah. It's just how you deal with it, I guess. But yeah, you, I think it can be done. But with the right people, you know, with the two right minds, yeah. it can happen. Um, and like, I'm not very skeptical about that. I'm skeptical about other things. In terms, of, like, but not that I think you could do it. Um, but I don't, and I am not skeptical about the fact that I could probably do it. It would just have to be the right circumstance. Yeah. Um. But it would probably take someone else to say, "Dude, you can you probably be great friends with this person." Like, like don't don't worry about what you think about what she looks like. Just go chat with her, and you probably you guys are going to get along good. And then. I could probably, but uh, otherwise I just wouldn't approach them. Yeah. Which is shit, and it's so shallow and narrow-minded, but it's, I guess I don't need, my life's not fulfilled by having women as friends. I have really good guy mates. Yeah. And I have, like, strong chemistry and connections with women, which fulfill me enough to not need to have, like, just friendship level woman in my life, I guess. Yeah, that makes I sense. I feel like I'm lacking. Um, and most of my close friends are girls. So there's, mm. a, there's only a, a couple of guys. What? Who are where's the close origin of the friendship? Is it school? But yeah, knowing knowing each other for forever from school. Yeah, right. So I th- I guess it's slightly different in those situations. Yeah, school friends are, especially if they're. Yeah, if there's a lot of history there, yeah. and it's you know that it's you just maintain the friendship based on the history, then that's different, you know. And often, you know, those things are never going anywhere. I wish what I'm trying to do right now is think about some some examples where 
I do st- have chicks as friends, and there was no feelings. So. Um, but I'm not having my, a lot of luck. Although, <laughs> it never ad- admittedly, I'm not very good at thinking about these types of things on the spot. But it'll come to you in as a soon few as days we time. as soon as we press Probably. end on this podcast. But um, let's let's talk about do's and don'ts, and then yes, wrap it okay. up. I had a do. Okay. I had a do. So I had a don't. Don't go to the cinema. Yeah, that's a good day. Ladies and gents, don't don't. go to the cinema. Just don't go. Don't Don't do it. You just, no, it's a cop out. Don't do it. I don't think there's any other environments where you should not go to. Yeah, the cinema's probably the worst of them. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but but which (laughs) we're not, we're not really thinking about in terms of all the places we would go, but um, maybe like a funeral. You wouldn't yeah, want to. Maybe don't, probably d- not don't a go to a one. funeral. <laughs> don't, don't like, hey, some someone in my family died. Like, can you come? We haven't met yet. But yeah, I'd rather online go to, date. I'd Ooh. rather go to the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, no, that wouldn't be a good one. There's an, that's another good example of somewhere not to go. Funeral, funeral in <laughs> the cinema. Um, so this is my do, and it's like a recent one. I've just been trying this whole, and I'm pretty honest and transparent anyway, but I've trying to, I think I was talking to you about this, just, especially with opening, just tell people how you're feeling. Yeah, so definitely. Like, We've talked about this. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I'm feeling so uncomfortable, I want to talk to you, but I I haven't got enough balls and all of this shit. If you just, if you think that and then you go and say it, it's it's a quite a powerful I, thing. Even I if you're feeling great, like I'm feeling awesome and I just want to talk to people and right now I want to talk to you. you know, yep. Whatever end of the spectrum, I just don't think you can go wrong with being, being honest. brutally <laughs> honest with someone about... Like, even if you're like, I've had a shit day and I just like need picking up. Like someone... If you're talking to somebody who you want to be around, they're probably going to say, oh man, like this figure it out you want to hug like even if they don't know yeah, you i agree i think that's a want, that's yeah. a great a rule to live by i have a do okay i think do create your own chemistry so we all we all rely on the or i just wasn't feeling any chemistry as a means of ending things with someone when really we we mean i just don't fancy you um yeah. but but often we we kind of use the excuse to ourselves of oh it didn't really go anywhere because there wasn't really any chemistry well, make an effort to make your own chemistry. Like, you should be flirting. You should be doing your part. Don't just rely on the other person to mm. sweep you off your feet whilst you just sit back and relax. Yeah. It's got to be two-sided. Yeah. How do you... Side note, how do you... If you're seeing someone for a while, if you're dating for someone for a while, then you're just not attracted to them anymore. How do you deal with that? Being an honest person that I am without and trying to be tactful without hurting someone. So I think on honesty is a good policy, but it's not always a hundred percent necessary and brutal honesty. That's why I said tactful. Yeah, brutal honesty is never required in a breakup. I I think it's sufficient to say I'm I'm just not feeling the chemistry between us. We all know we all know deep down that's a load of bullshit. We know what it means. We know that it means they're just not that into you. But it 
it's just a slightly gentler way of saying it. For me, when if if someone says that to me, you don't feel good. It's always going to feel shitty. But I'd rather that than someone say, you know what, I I just don't fancy you. Even yeah, though see, I know what that's... It's what just that... unnecessary to yeah. say. But is it worse to assume that's what they meant? Maybe. Maybe. Um, and that's pretty much what I would always assume. Uh, and I think that's fair enough. That, that too, too, they're just well. not that into you. But Which that's okay. It sucks. To a point. It, it sucks. But it's okay. Not everybody has to be into me. It's just how you put it. I actually had this situation recently where I had to friend zone someone. So what I ended up doing was exactly that. I was like, oh, I think we should just, like, I, I brought up the spark and then I brought up the, like, situation that I'm in now with basically having to go soon. Yeah. And I was like, it's just not fitting. I feel, like, uncomfortable with the situation. Like, can we just tone it back and do the thing, like, do stuff we want to do together but like as friends you know yeah and it it's so hard to have that conversation yeah no matter what bullshit comes out of my mouth it's all it's just fucking burbling about and it's all kind of true but it's just fucking rambling yeah and then you finally get to a point it's just you try and soften the whole thing it's there's no nice way of doing it. You yeah. can you can soften the blow, but no matter what you say, it's always going to be shitty for probably both people involved. <laughs> and you just have to be okay with that. Yeah. So my next don't, and I think this is this is a lesson I've learned in recent years. Um, don't give all of your attention and energy to one person after one date. So uh, I am. Oh. I have been very guilty of doing that. You go on one date, you think, "Oh my god, this person's fabulous." They tick all of the boxes, and then when it actually doesn't work out, you're majorly disappointed. So don't do yeah. that. You shouldn't be in that position because actually, you don't know someone after one Keep date. They might open. tick all the boxes on paper, but actually, you shouldn't be giving yourself to someone until they've kind of shown themselves to you. So don't yeah. don't get carried away after one date. Do keep your options open, but not in a bad way, not as in a I just need to juggle the boys all the time, but in a way of let them show you who they really are and let them prove themselves before you start giving all of your yeah, attention give it to time, one person. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, really, what's the rush? If you think this person's the one, you've got many, many years exactly. to... to um, embrace the fact that that was the case but what's the what's the point in closing all your other options off yeah you might meet five mr rights in five weeks but you closed off because you yeah. were seeing one guy who was mr wrong exactly you just didn't know exactly and on that note also another don't is don't write everything off as a failure because it didn't last forever i think you could... <laughs> yeah i love your perspective so because it just shows like how differently you think and I think with stuff like this. It's so you look, I guess you look, I don't know if it's like deeply into a, into your feelings than I do. Yeah. And I think I do that. Um, and, but in a different way, you're like, oh, you know, don't write everything off as a failure. And I'm like, wow, this fucking crate. Like I'd never think. Yeah. Well, I think like, so. Like, oh, it didn't work out. So 
it was just a total fucking waste of time and like yeah i think that's what a lot of people think and i don't think you should think that way because if you think that way like every relationship you're ever in is going to fail until one of them doesn't and that doesn't mean you were wasting well, your right. time forever. Everyone, and everyone has something to offer everyone. Yeah, and it was right at the time for the length that it lasted. And if that was <clears> five dates, then great. And if it was five years, then great. And if it's forever, then great. Yeah. As long as it doesn't end badly. That's right. Then maybe yeah. it was a waste of time. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If if somebody damages you in that process, with like manipulative or like nasty in some kind of way, and damages your you're emotionally moving forward then that is that really is like a failure i guess because yeah you just fucking mess with the wrong person and if you're in the wrong headspace you'll take on board what that wrong person says and you will like everyone's present is shaped by their past pretty much so oh, yeah you're right it's just so particularly women so many fucking women have been mistreated by men and it's like i'm like oh i don't want to be one of those guys and then probably half the time i'm the story to the next guy like yeah this fucking guy pissed me around i'm like no i tried to do my best i was following my purpose and fucking trying to not bring you down with it i think as long as you're doing your best it's okay and then, so following you don't want to be the story, though. My final don't, my final okay. don't okay. is don't try and don't try and not get hurt. So this is something that I was doing. I've <laughs> like I, I've had some pretty bad experiences dating, and then I went through a phase of kind of just not opening up to anybody because if you don't open up to anybody, then they can't possibly hurt you. But then you don't get the good side of it either. So don't do that. And if, if it if it ends badly, it ends badly and it hurts a bit, but okay. Next. Like Hopefully it ends better next time. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you speak like this because I think you're the kind of person who would just, like, you're quite sensitive and you'd really, like, be impacted by somebody if it went bad. I am. Whoever it was. So it's interesting hearing you say, like, and it's coming straight from your the way you want to be, really. It's like, don't let yeah. these things impact it's me so a, much. This is, like these are things I memory. make a conscious effort to do. These are things I'm aware of that I shouldn't do. When I say don't do it, I don't mean that I never do these things. I mean, I'm aware that <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't do these things, and I try not to. And you don't want anyone else to be doing the same. Yeah. People get caught up in their feelings, eh? That's the problem. Oh, yeah. I've got, I have a lot of feelings. I'm mm. a very sensitive person. Yeah. Yeah, we we've had our we've <laughs> we've had our moments with each other, I guess. As you do. I think everyone everyone does. In any kind of form of relationship, there's always ups and downs. Um but here we are doing a podcast about dating, so Exactly. We can't be doing too many bad. bad things. I got called a womanizer the other day. You are a womanizer. Am I? Yes. Absolutely. Alright. <laughs> Well, maybe the listeners after this episode have decided that's the case. I actually asked a couple of people who were like, yeah, maybe like yes and no. You were very firm, yes. I think you are. Not in a bad way. It's a very, it's a very negative term. It is, yeah. So I don't but like But I don't your, necessarily I don't like think your, it's a negative thing. I don't like your 
forceful, yes. Because it, 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 I'm like, oh, fuck, that hurts a bit. Oh. Like, from anyone. Like, who told it to me? I was like, oh, ow. And like, I guess no one's ever said that to me in recent times that I can remember. So I didn't like the way it sounded. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah hey, yeah, I'm a womanizer. Whoa, fuck. You're right, it does have negative connotations. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. I didn't necessarily mean it in a negative way. Mm. But you're right, it does have negative connotations. Exactly. Sometimes shit like that hurts. Tiger's patting me on the back. (laughs) Makes me me feel valued. (laughs) Right, so we're at the sup. It's nearly been an hour and a half. Yeah. Poor people. I think it was interesting. Whether we get five stars or not would determine whether it was oh. interesting or not. How many viewers you got? How many listeners, sorry? No money views a podcast, young lady. Listens. How many listeners? Thousands. I think we'd have more if there were viewers. Do? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think together we sound pretty sexy on a podcast. I My yeah. voice sounds terrible on a podcast. You reckon? Yeah. You need I think to, your punctuality is excellent. You need to turn up the sexy on my voice. <laughs> how to make a woman's voice sexy on audacity all right there's a little plug for audacity by the way maybe they'll sponsor us maybe if i keep saying i use audacity to edit the audio the problem is then i'll be like yeah what the fuck is this i can hardly listen to this it's all echoey and shit (laughs) sorry that was me coughing up a piece of chocolate there's a lot of chocolate left i'm eyeing it up yeah so i think as soon as we end this we're going to stuff our faces i think all the more reason to wrap this up and get a get a bit uh, shorter breath as we were before i feel better now yeah me and too, it was definitely. because we haven't eaten much chocolate oh, yeah. since we started doing this yeah i don't know if anyone noticed but i did have a few mouthfuls i mean i noticed <laughs> yeah this microphone's nice and sensitive so you could probably hear me swallowing and stuff probably breathing around my mouthful of chocolate it was good though. Thanks for coming back on. It's always a pleasure to have you. I don't know. I I, I even think the listeners would find it a pleasure. I know one does. Yeah, <laughs> just the one. Yeah, my best mate thinks it's fucking brilliant. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. He wants to hear the update on the sex. I was gonna say I'll have party. to come back when we've when we've done the sex party. We are gonna do this, ladies and gents. We're gonna yeah, do we're it. We're gonna. Maybe do we it. should do the killing kittens one. I mean to say, like, Killing Kittens, it's a very unusual name name for a sex party organization. So, so going back to the previous podcast, I did a lot of research, so I know exactly why it's called Killing Kittens. Oh. It doesn't make any sense to me, so I've never heard of this as a phrase. But apparently, apparently, there's a phrase that every time a woman masturbates, God kills a kitten. (laughs) <laughs> so there you go dude there's so many dead kittens <laughs> yeah that's retarded that's outrageous yeah well that's what google told me so it must be true well, well yeah google's not wrong very often these days I looked up how to work out fractions today on google and on that note teaching you should kids. probably wrap this up we've All got right. on to maths <laughs> okay <laughs> we're talking about maths it's time to go. We were the rogue ones, plural. Probably go back to just me. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next time? 
Thanks for listening. You know how it is. Five stars. Five stars. Dream about it. Five stars. Hypnotize. I'll give you five stars. Will you? Yeah. I'll give you five stars. There we go. We've got two five <laughs> stars on iTunes. I think you can leave comments as well. Tell all your friends. The problem with this podcast is I can't advertise to people I know because it's just fucking weird. Yeah. I talk about too much shit. Yeah. Too much filth. Everyone to know about my whole life. So I need to figure out a way to promote this damn thing outside of my friend group. So we'll talk about that off here. But if you're listening and you like it, please tell all your friends who don't know me. That would be wonderful. Till next time. Bye. Thanks, Tiger. You're the best. We've got to keep you hanging around. Clap. Adios.